This is Andrea Von Kampen, and you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk Music. Take back thy gift, restore me to the ground. Take back thy gift, lay me deeply in the earth. Oh, the woods decay, so do they. Plow the fields. We have a special guest with us. She's a singer, songwriter from Lincoln, Nebraska. And since 2015, she's released one album and three EPs, numerous singles, and her new album, That Spell, which comes out on August 6th. Let's all welcome to Jim and Mike Talk Music, Miss Andrea Von Kampen. And the crowd goes wild. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, it's great to meet you virtually. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. Had a pretty relaxed morning. Went to a farmer's market, just kind of hanging out, taking it slow. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's morning, but you got some things done already. Excellent. For sure. So you grew up in uh, Massachusetts, correct? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No? Where did I get that? Uh, nope. I'm uh, born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and grew up uh, outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Okay. So from Michigan to Nebraska. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yep. How long have you lived in Nebraska? Let's see, uh, like uh, 20, yeah, 22 years. Okay, yeah, most yeah. of your life. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Nebraska, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that before we get into music. So Jim has found some interesting things about Nebraska that you might or might not know. So you ready to hear? <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> I just tell you if I'm aware of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> So uh, Nebraska is the birthplace of Kool-Aid. Did Correct. you know that? In Isn't it Kearney, Kearney or Hastings or something? It's like west of Lincoln where it was created. Right, in Hastings. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> and it was, it was originally called Fruit Smack. Did you know that? I don't know if I knew that. Fruit Smack. <laughs> yeah. Mama, I want some Fruit Smack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see, the largest mammoth fossil is in Nebraska. It's at the uh, University of Nebraska State Museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it was discovered in Lincoln County in 1922. And then there's a there was an interesting law in Nebraska. Uh, it was created in Lehigh, Nebraska, in the 1800s, okay. and it forbid merchants from selling donut holes. Do you know about this one, <laughs> donut holes? No, I do not know. Okay, so all right, we're going to educate you then. Great. And it it Please. wasn't repelled to the late 1990s, believe it or not. <laughs> and they're oh. actually hard to come by in the town of Lehigh still. Oh. They still hold it. something against the donut holes. Yeah. 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 That there. Wow, that's really an odd one. <laughs> So that's all I have. Yeah, enough about uh, Nebraska for right now. So, uh, you know, as we get into music here, I want to talk about your musical style. You know, Jim and I have interviewed a lot of musicians, jazz, classic rock, alt rock, rockabilly. 
But uh, on on your music, I've seen the labels folk, country, singer, songwriter attached to it. So I'm just wondering where you place yourself and what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really good with um, how anyone interprets it. Like for me, I don't write thinking like, okay, I'm going to make this sound more country or this one's going to be bluegrass or this one's going to be indie or progressive mm-hmm. folk. It's more just like I write songs and then people, you know, usually want to categorize things because they want to understand things. Right. And so I'm sort of good with, with whatever they, they use. I mean, when people ask me what my style is, I usually just say like singer-songwriter because yeah. it's very broad and can kind of fit into a lot of different boxes. Right. And that's what I'm hearing, too. When we listen to your music, I'm hearing singer songwriter and I, I I can't peg a certain song like that's definitely not country, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really enjoying listening to your music and you've got such a sweet voice. So I'm not going to ask you when you started singing, because I know that was from the beginning of life. Uh, when did you start songwriting? Tell us a little bit about uh, that. putting putting the, yeah. the words out there. Totally. So, you know, I've known pretty much my whole life that I wanted to be a performer, singer, but I, you know, I was probably like 18 or 19 when I realized like, if I really want to do this, I have to write my own music Mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sing covers the rest of my life. Like Mm -hmm. I really want to be able to write my own music. And so I was like in a college dorm room and I just sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I got my guitar out and I started playing like three chords and they sounded pretty good together. And like in five minutes, I wrote a song and I was like, okay, I don't think this is terrible. So I emailed it to my brother, David, who at the time was like, I think he was like getting his doctorate in position or maybe he was done and he was working in Lincoln at this point. But anyways, I was like, this is going to be so embarrassing. Like, I don't want to send this to him. He's my older brother. He's like, eight years, nine years than me, uh, you know, just got his doctorate in composition. I was like, this is so mortifying, but like, I know that this is like the test that will tell me if I'm horrible at this and Mm -hmm. I should never do it again. And he responded and he was like, no, Andrew, this is really good. Like you should keep doing this. So that first one I wrote was called train song and I ended up recording it and it ended up, it ended up like doing pretty well in terms of like streaming. That was my first song to get into like a playlist on Spotify and, it was kind of like the first thing that put me on the map. And so some weird way like that was really encouraging, but also kind of set me up for like big disappointment That's because right. like <laughs> the first song that you ever write does really well, then you sort of think like, okay, all songs will take five minutes and they'll mm-hmm. all do amazing. And obviously that's not how it, yeah. it ends up being, but it was like a good first like kickstart to really to really you know believe that I could do this. Yeah, and that's an excellent song. That's the last song I heard before I pulled into the studio here with Jim off of Audio Tree. So that's it's it's beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Thanks. What were some of your um, musical influences growing up? What were you listening mm-hmm. to? Yeah, I mean, I so I grew up in a really musical family. So like from a very young age, my dad's a college choir director. So did a ton of like choral stuff and like listening to mm-hmm. it live and like, sitting in on rehearsals and sort of hearing that sort of thing was a big influence. But then also, you know, at home we played, my parents played a ton of like Simon and Garfunkel, Jane mm-hmm. Taylor, Paul Simon, uh, Carly, Carly Simon, you know, just like mm-hmm. a lot of like the folky kind of people and so I that's where I like I really got into the guitar playing those sorts of influences but then um my brother David started to get really into like composing for jazz choir and big bands so there was also a ton of jazz like Kurt Elling, Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole like I probably knew like 50 to 100 standards by the time I was maybe like 10 or 11 wow. so that, that's amazing. that was a very like 
normal thing as well. So it was sort of this like very diverse sort of like, I, I realized there were a lot of ways to do music from a very young age. I'm sure that really helped you. You've got the, the father doing choral creations and brother doing jazz composition and then all the music all around you and a lot of us don't get that you know jim and i do some music but the songwriting is difficult right <laughs> well my my dad my dad never listened to music which i thought was odd right and i've met only a couple people that don't listen to music yeah it's my, strange yeah. my mom liked country music mm -hmm. uh, and elvis so right and so my parents listened to classical only nothing else i, would, I had to find everything myself and just imagine having to find everything yourself <laughs> except for one genre and that's classic 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 and that's it and so, without streaming and yeah just, just what's on the radio yeah we had to we had to go find we're things. all we're a lot older than you <laughs> that's wild i mean i didn't really hear <laughs> i didn't really hear like pop radio until mm -hmm. I got into high school. Like, wow. I was absolutely horrified by, like, you know, mm -hmm. just, like, like, pop music is so different. <laughs> I'm right, not going right. to say it's worse at all, but, like, mm -hmm. it was just a really different way of writing. It was, it was, a, it was a different sort of education, I guess. Even, even in high school, you were able to recognize that, that, you know, the crap that was out there. You were recognized the negativity that, and some of that. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, like, when you grow up with, you know, Kurt Elling and Paul Simon and, you know, like, Bach... <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know you're it's gonna be very weird then to hear like a bunch of pop songs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right right so you, on father's day you posted your dad there i think he was uh tuning or restringing guitar am i right about that yeah yeah so that, yeah, yeah and that martin that i play is his and he he is a big influence on the acoustic guitar side of things that's cool so uh speaking of martin so i live in bethlehem pa just south of nazareth martin guitar company is there and jim you lived right uh, even closer north bethlehem there near uh near nazareth, yeah, and I, never, nazareth Pike. I never went there I yeah there 10 years <laughs> we're gonna get there yeah so martin martin company uh, is right uh right nearby yeah um i see that you have a uh a dog or two getting some some instagram photos there tell yeah, us about I your puppy. Two dogs. I have a, well, the first, they're both rescues. The old one, his name is T. We don't know how old he is, maybe like 11 or 12, but we rescued him a while ago and he's half a uh, Cocker Spaniel, half American Mole. He's very grouchy and he's very old. And then during the pandemic, I saw a Australian cattle dog puppy on Craigslist and thought, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, yeah. gosh, this is definitely what we're missing in our lives. And so <laughs> we drove down to Kansas and uh, a, a, what I would say was probably like a 12 or 13 year old was just waiting outside and was like, do you have the cash? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Drug puppy. Drug deal and puppy. Was, and like our dog at the time, Rosie, like no collar, nothing. And this like house is like right off like a highway. And she's just like mm -hmm. rambling around. So we essentially handed this dog and then that was that. And then I you mean. You think his parents knew he was selling the dog? Time, right. Right. Was, was I the no idea. Child I selling the no dog. Because <laughs> all I don't even to... know if they were parents because all he has to say is that the dog ran away. You know, what happened to Spark? He didn't want to take care of it anymore. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeding it. this dog anymore. Yeah. yeah. What happened to Sparks, Timmy? I don't know. The thing is, is that I get it because the dog was horrible at first. She mm -hmm. was the like most terrorizing dog. I mean, it really wasn't until like three months ago that we thought, okay, this was the right decision. Like the first couple months, like I was just trying to give her away. Like I was trying to find <laughs> friends who would take her. Like she's just 
she was an absolute terror and like the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Wow. So we love her now and she's great. We've like done a lot of training, but this was like, I mean, a cattle dog, they're just like, they're not messing around. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's her name again? That one? Rosie. Rosie. Okay. Yeah. Our dog yeah. was, mm-hmm. we got our dog. I think he was like a year old. Mm-hmm. Border Collie Jack Russell. Energy. Just out of control. <laughs> and he's bit a lot of people, luckily. Yeah, he's got a biting problem. No one's pressed charges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've come in contact with that a couple times as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. So uh, in 2016, you entered the, uh, now is this called the Tiny Desk Concert Contest? Right. Or the yeah, Tiny yeah. Desk so- Contest. Yeah, so once a year they open it up for submissions and a bunch of people apply and then they pick somebody to come out and do a tiny desk concert. Okay. Yeah. So that's the prize, right? The concert. Uh so what happened, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happened that year was they like released their top ten favorite tiny desk submissions that were not selected as winner. And mine happened to be on so that was sort of like a cool, a cool like bit of press and a little bit mm-hmm. of buzz around that song. Yeah, and I didn't know they'd been doing it for so many years. I thought it was relatively new. It goes back to 2016 or 2015 or something like that. Not, not sure. Yeah. Now, recently, you became an artist for Fantasy Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I signed in February. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed a lot of great artists on that label. James mm-hmm. Taylor, Paul Simon, Tedeschi Trucks Band, uh, Marcus King, Grace Potter. Yeah, people that we love. listen to. Yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> Is there anyone on this label that you would love to do a show with? Because I can see you doing a show with Grace Potter or James Taylor. Yeah. I mean, any Is there any advantage? Any of them, if they let me. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, they're it could happen. great artists. Yeah. I mean, like, Paul Simon, James Taylor, they're, like, huge influences to me, you know, growing up. But also, like, Alison Russell signed this label pretty recently, and she, she's been killing it, and her album is amazing. Mm-hmm. I would love to work with her. Valerie June, I'm I mean, there's a lot of great artists on there. So, uh, yeah, you uh, you opened up for the Punch Brothers recently. Is that is that correct? How'd that go? Yep. Tell us about that. That was great. I mean, I have been listening to the Punch Brothers forever. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I think Chris Thiele is such a great mandolin player. I mean, they're all such great players. So it was very cool. And one thing that's just so cool when you start to open for people that you've admired for so long is you get to have the you know like the seat in the room that no one gets to have because right. you can get to sit there and listen to their sound check like I oh, always yeah. take those moments as like a master class and you know just learning more you know nobody gets to just sit in on their favorite artists sound check for an hour and yeah every minute every minute you're to, you're yeah. taking it in as an education exactly yeah, yeah. That's so great, yeah. that's like just the coolest thing about opening for people that you admire because you just you just get an opportunity that most people don't. And so mm-hmm. that was really cool. The audiences were great. They were just there awesome shows. And for that to be kind of like my first thing back after COVID was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Chris Thiele as well. You know, just an amazing musician, amazing person. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, uh, he took over the show when Prairie Home Companion went off the air. And it's uh, I think it's called Live From Here. And uh, when you listen to that, you can just hear that he's not only a master musician, but as uh, the host of a show. You know, he does a great job. So have you been on that show yet? 
Mm-mm, no. And am I wrong in thinking that that show is over? I feel like they, I think, feel like it, it closed a year ago. Is that right? Yes, it did end with COVID restrictions. And so yeah. I wasn't sure, you know, where oh, they're at okay. with bringing it back and stuff. So I'm not sure where yeah. they're at. Yeah. But, I don't know uh, where they're at either, but I mean, that'd be incredible. That'd you don't want to lose, you don't want to lose a, a show like that. Uh, I want to talk about an amazing recording, and this is your 2017 Audio Tree Live. Uh, I've been listening to it for months. I listened to it on way over to the studio here today. And uh, I, I don't even have a favorite on it anymore. I just, it's just, it just really speaks to me. And for our listeners, if you want to check out Andrea Von Camp and you want to hear the Audio Tree live, you'll see her with the headphones on. Tell us about that experience because, you know, you and your co-musician just really pulled off a great recording. Yeah, that was a really interesting tour. Uh, I hadn't really played out in terms of like touring on the road uh, mm-hmm. very much when I did that. And so it was a really weird, like hodgepodge mix of dates. Like when you first start touring, you kind of just take anything you can get because it's mm-hmm. like you email a venue and they're like, how many tickets can you sell in this market? And you're like, I don't know anybody, like zero. Yeah. I can sell zero. Uh, ten. Uh, so <laughs> you're taking like really weird shows. So like our first three shows were like bizarre. I remember the show before Audio Tree, we got there and we were like, okay, where do we set up? And they just like pointed up. And we're like, and they're like, you have to climb this ladder and go to this like, um, you go to this like upstairs attic. Yeah, it's like you go to this upstairs attic and then like, it'll just, the sound will just play out to everyone in this shop, but like no one will see you or know where you are coming from. Yep. And so we're like hoisting up a cello, a ladder uh-huh. oh, yeah. and it's just, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. And it's like, this is like a four hour gig. And so it's just like the worst gig you can imagine. The <laughs> well, next be, day, that would be background up. music, right? That would yeah, be background exactly. music. So the yeah, next yeah, yeah. day pull up to audio tree and it's like, okay here we go this is super real like you know these are professionals this is an incredible sound system we have an audio engineer and we're like going live streaming to thousands and so that was like the tour of like extremes like extremely horrible gigs and then you have this incredible audio tree gig and so it's like yeah we got there and like the engineer was super cool and everybody there was great and it was just an incredible experience and it I mean, I can say it definitely lifted our spirits after the mm-hmm. attic show. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was trying to find the name of the person on the cello. I saw it once and lost it. So w- what's her name? Yes. So that is Addie Hotchkiss. And she is awesome. She, she actually, after that summer, went to University of Louisville and got her doctorate in cello performance. And then weirdly enough, last year, she moved back to Nebraska mm-hmm. and I think is working with strings in Lincoln and she was actually able to do a lot of tracking on my new record, which was great because she great. Was shout out to Addie. Record. Shout out to Addie because wherever right. she is, she's going to be successful uh, on audio tree. Just just the the mix of your voices and the mix of the cello with your strings uh, was great. My favorites on that are Let Me Down Easy and Train Song. But since then, I don't have any favorites. I want to ask you about <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask you about another day. So just wondering uh, your thoughts on that. It sounds uh, personal, introspective, uh, possibly considering success and what it means. Uh, Maybe even where you, yeah, where you, where you, what do you have as your base as you go out and being an up and coming musician? What's your thoughts? So you want to talk about another day or about becoming a musician? Which part? (laughs) (laughs) How about another another day? 
another okay, day. Yeah. So yeah, this feels like a really long time ago. I haven't thought about this EP in, in years. So this EP was mostly written while I lived in Nashville. I went to Belmont University and lived in Nashville for a year. And yeah, I was just very unhappy. I did not like the experience at all. And I just mm -hmm. felt like um, what I really needed to do was write music and play music and not like pay someone to tell me how to write music and play music. Very so good. Mm -hmm. I, um, I wrote a lot of those in Nashville and then I came home and that was the other thing. Like I had gone to a school for two years in my hometown and then I like made this big decision to move to Nashville and do this. And then, you know, Nashville was not at all what I thought it would be. And so then I came back to my hometown. So it's like, while it may have looked like defeat, <laughs> it was not because my entire mindset of how to do this had changed. I had decided I was going to do it myself. And so I came home and I made this EP with my brother's friend. And, you know, then it was like the last year of college. I was going to class, then like driving to Kansas City and opening for a band or, you know, mm -hmm. opening in Omaha and linking two to three times a week and just like seriously hustling and playing as many as I could so that when the fourth year of college was over, I had already had one foot out the door the whole time. It was like an easier leap to do this full time. And so I think a lot of that EP sort of reflected in this idea of like, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm going to do this on my own terms. Mm -hmm. Just thinking of the lyrics and I don't have them written down, but uh, um, another place, uh, uh, another time, another place with people who uh, don't know much about me. So was it, mm -hmm. was it a, uh, it was, a great learning experience time is what you're saying that during that period. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge growing period and it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times periods of growth are very painful. Like right. you don't we know want that. to live through <laughs> this and yet here you are. And the only way to get through it is to experience that discomfort mm -hmm. that will probably set you into motion in a way you wouldn't have been set into motion had you stayed comfortable. Right. It's wise. When old, country came out did did you start touring more were you getting yeah so, yeah yeah so i went folk alliance i think around the time that old country came out and i was sitting at a bar with a friend who i had met in atlanta he like runs an open mic in decatur and i was just saying like man no one will be my booking agent like i'm never <laughs> gonna find a booking agent like this is never gonna happen and he like yelled at me and he's like if you want to have a booking agent, you need to be your own booking agent <laughs> so, <laughs> so i started a, a booking agency and I would like talk about myself in the third person and write mm -hmm. emails. And I realized like, man, when I like changed my name to a man's name and I talk mm -hmm. about myself in wow. the third person, people respond a lot more wow. upsetting in its own right, yeah. but whatever. Andy, Andy, Andy <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right. What was your other name? <laughs> but so, um, uh, well, I actually just used my husband's name and then oh, okay. he just oh, took okay. over and then like it actually kind <laughs> of became mm -hmm. a real thing. Um, and so it's like still kind of a real thing, but so anyways, um, you're kidding me. Yeah, so isn't still out there. I didn't know that. I thought we got over that. What, what's still out there? I said sexism is still out there. Sadly. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Very much. Um, so anyways, uh, February is when that came out when we sort of decided, okay, we're just going to make our own booking agency. And then by that summer, we had an entire West coast and East coast tour booked. So, um yeah once once we sort of had that piece of advice we just sort of went for it and it mm -hmm. wasn't until a couple months ago that we actually signed on with a real booking agency so for about three years we toured pretty consistently by self-booking right have you ever toured other countries 
or just the not United yet. States? I actually okay. had a UK field booked before the pandemic hit. So mm-hmm. uh, last May was like the first uh, UK run. Well, I hope that happens for you. There's a there's a great place up here near at Sellersville, Pennsylvania. Sellersville okay. Theater, an old theater. Mm-hmm. It seats about three hundred people. Nice. But they have great. all types: bluegrass, folk, rock, big variety, and good names everything. coming through there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just north of Philly. It's an hour north of Philly. Okay. Let's go through some of your songs on uh, old country. See if you can tell us cool. anything about them. Yeah. Um, we both <laughs> okay. love the album, of course. Yeah. Teton. Cool. Tell us yeah, so Teton, Teton started, um, I was reading a Wikipedia page about Teton mm-hmm. and the lines, these low lying uh, alleys uh, contain rivers and streams, something like that. Yeah. That's just straight out of Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, <laughs> That's great. that was just sort of like, <laughs> so that was, man, why was I writing about that part of the country? Um, I don't know. I needed to like learn more about that area and I didn't know anything about it. So I started just Wikipedia it and then I found signs but yeah that song is sort of like a response to a really sexist song that my dad used to sing to me and it was like he wasn't like (laughs) meaning it to be that way it's just like one of those old like horrible songs with like terrible lyrics and um (laughs) I was like kind of thinking about that song and kind of laughing at like hilarity of the lyrics and I was like okay I'm gonna write a response to this and then I like Mm -hmm. said it in this part of the country I've never been to so that is why looking up Wikipedia thing yeah. ensued, and a very it's a very layered song. <laughs> right, right. So, so from where you're living now, how far away is that? Just like from Teton. Um, oh we drove out there for a show last year. I think it's like I don't know, twenty hours. I don't know, twenty hours mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, wow, okay, really okay. Yeah, hours, yeah. That's not that close. Yeah, but over on the East Coast, you know, we we don't have a a good idea of how far away things really are out there (laughs) we're we're east coast guys here i get it i get it everything's like two hours apart where you live (laughs) yeah right to go from uh massachusetts and rhode island to philly it's you know it's just pretty it's all pretty close you know it's everything yeah philly philly and new york believe new york city are almost the same distance right we just go one hour east to new york and we go one hour south to philly that's where we're one hour 20 yeah I just realized I'm totally wrong about how far Teton is. Oh, they okay. are like 13 hours away. So I was yeah. not close at all. I don't know where all I got right. 20 hours. I don't know why that trip felt like 20 hours, but for some reason. <laughs> that's a good indicator. It felt like 20 hours. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's rough. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. I can I could get to Florida. I could get to Florida in 12 hours. You know, yeah, so that's great. Yeah, it's just it's it's all relative. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on how fast you drive. Well, that too. That too. So the, the song uh Julia, I love this song. Julia. 
beautiful. And for some reason, I, I think it has, it sounds like Suzanne Vega has a Suzanne Vega kind of feel to mm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Yeah. And I love the yeah, piano um, in it mm-hmm. too. Me too. Who, who's yeah, playing it? I'm sorry. That's my brother, David. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does all the piano. He also does all the arrangements. So like all the strings and the other instruments you hear, he arranges. Wow. Well, I like I like that, and don't take offense, but it, it sounds like it's off golf key. Something, like the, something, something different about and it. And I love that. What's different about that? Yeah. It... The piano kind of sounds like old timey. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. like perfectly in tune, and we okay. didn't want to tune it because we kind of wanted that like that like <laughs> old timey feel where it's just yeah. a little bit off. Just a little. Wow. Mm-hmm. Is that about anybody in particular, or is that no? And in fact, that song was the last one I wrote for Old Country, and and I I simply wrote it because I just felt like the other songs were not very upbeat, and I was, yeah. I was like, well, I should yeah. just write something that's a little bit faster that gives the the record a little bit of variety, and it's literally written about no one. But it's funny because I have so many people come up to me and say like, oh my gosh, that is just my life. Like that is just the story of my life. And I'm like, wow. that's so weird because it's very vague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that means it, it reaches is. more people, right? Right. More people are going to relate to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How about the song Portland? We just interviewed someone, uh, Jenny Don't and the Spurs from Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty okay. cool. Very have you cool. been to Portland? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been to Portland quite a few times now. Yeah, Portland is one of those songs that that does sort of mean a lot of things. I kind of remembered, I was writing that, I sort of remembered the first time I drove to Portland and just how long that drive felt and how it just, it, at that point, like Portland was very different than where I came from. And it just seemed like the most, just like as far away from Nebraska as you possibly mm-hmm. could be in terms of location, geography, ideals, climate, like it was just yeah. so mm-hmm. different. So it's like, I'm not really in love with Portland more than I am with any other cool city. It just mm-hmm. sort of like became a nice metaphor for this idea of like finding something different and better or new just for the sake of being able to say you did. And so it sort of became this this idea of this song of restlessness and just just simply wanting to leave so that you can say you left, which is a big thing, I think, when you grow up in a place that isn't in inherently like cool and it doesn't have like a sexy name. You know, no one's thinking like, oh, God, Nebraska, that's where I want to end up. And so I think I, I had gotten a lot of grief for being from Nebraska and, and the idea of like wanting to get away very strong at that point. Mm-hmm. And so but then it kind of comes around with the idea of like wherever you go, you're still you and like finding content with who you are mm-hmm. and with what you have is a much better way to live than trying to get out for the sake of getting out. Right. Very well said. I noticed that. Uh... You mentioned one place in two different songs. Uh, and it's French, so we're going to butcher it. In Teton and Portland. It is like my favorite place ever. I you know love Coeur d'Alene okay. so much. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene. There we go. Coeur d'Alene. It rhymes really well. Yep, there you Coeur go, Coeur d'Alene. But then also, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. It's set on this like massive lake. It's in Idaho. It's mm-hmm. northern Idaho. It's set on this massive lake. It's such a cute town. Like I just every time I drive through there, I have to stop and spend some time there because it's just so beautiful. It sounds like a great place to visit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there, 
Yeah, that's awesome. Now this song's not on old country, but Forever Young. I just how did you come across <laughs> that song? Because that's uh, 80s by Alphaville. Yeah, I really didn't. Um, I would have never covered this song ever, but my friend Tom, <laughs> who owns a hardware store in Wales, uh, okay. had an idea for, <laughs> yeah, he had an idea for a Christmas advertisement. Yeah. And he just messaged me. He's like, you know, would you cover this song? And I'm thinking like, this isn't Christmassy, but like, sure, I trust you. I trust your vision will be great. Have you heard, did you and hear so, this song before? Yeah, I was totally aware of it. And it's like, it's okay. a great song, but it's definitely not something I would have ever covered. Yeah. Like, it's sort of one of those songs that you're like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. You know, that's very much its own thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I got in the studio. I made this song in like, I don't know, we probably made this in less than an hour, hour the whole thing. Okay. And there was like, even a little part where like, we heard a little something in the track and I was like, should we edit that out? We're like, no, no <laughs> one's even going to hear this. Like, this isn't a local Welsh advertisement. Like, who even knows if he'll use this part? Yeah. And even like, I don't even think I sang one of the verses because seriously, it didn't need to be more than like a minute. And so I was just like, we'll just make this quick. Literally, yeah. no one's ever going to hear this. I wasn't even going to release it. Mm-hmm. well then like it does so well and so we're like <laughs> scrambling to release this song and people are commenting about like why didn't she put in the last verse and just like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was wow. it, deep it, meaning it was there's crazy. some there's some reason for that there's some deep meaning yeah and i think like even some <laughs> of the words are a little wrong like i just <laughs> if i could do it again i probably would have spent a little bit more than an hour making this track in the <laughs> studio but it had a purpose it was advertising yeah yeah, that's why I was confused. It was a Christmas mm-hmm. advertisement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about mm-hmm. your new album. Uh, it's called That yep. Spell. Uh, there's 10 songs. Mm-hmm. And when this interview comes out, we're actually, it will actually be out the day your album comes out, August 6th. Mm-hmm. Now, where was this album recorded? Do you record in the same, the same studio, the same uh, recording studio for the old country and this one? No, so we went to a new place from Old Country. This is where I recorded Forever Young and a couple of EPs before that spell, but we recorded with my friend James Fleege in a studio in Ashland, Nebraska, which is right in between Lincoln and Omaha. It's like a small town of like 2,500, super Mm -hmm. cute town, but this guy kind of made this like beautiful state-of-the-art studio in his hometown, something he just like wanted to do. And so, yeah, we were able to get in there all through COVID. And it was pretty much me and James and my brother, David, who worked on the record consistently the entire time. And then we'd bring in like our friends, string players occasionally, but you know, we were really fortunate to be able to make this record during COVID because Mm -hmm. of the restrictions where we live and just there's so much space. And so, yeah, that's where we recorded was Ashland. So your musicians that you play with or your band, it's kind of more fluid at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, my brother David definitely does all the piano stuff in the studio. When I play with a band live, I usually have uh, a couple different bassists and then Jess Hansen on fiddle. She's playing very consistently with me for like a couple years now. And then my brother Paul plays drums. Okay. I was wondering who, who they all were. So you have another brother, Paul, and he was on drums. Yeah. 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 I noticed um, you released four songs so, so far. But the mm-hmm. I know it has a different sound than the last album. Yeah, it sounds more full. There's more uh, mm-hmm. orchestration, I think, mm-hmm. 
on this album. Yeah. Maybe you're experimenting more with some different uh, things. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there's there's more time, there, there's more budget, you know, like as each album grows, you have kind of more resources to put behind it. Um, and so, yeah, we were afforded time to really be creative in the studio, which was great. So COVID of, was a part of, of it. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, and sort of like <laughs> experimenting with like doubling of instruments and doubling of voices and, mm-hmm. you know, just using using more tools in the toolbox this time and but still doing as much as you can to serve the song, um, not not overpowering. Right, knowing when to double the voice, when to double the instruments. Yeah, yeah even the vocals sound fuller. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good place. You found a good studio, I believe. Can you tell us anything about the song "Take Back Thy Gift"? Yeah, so um, this is based on a Greek mythology poem written by Tennyson. I'm a big Tennyson fan, and I spend a lot of time when I'm trying to write songs, kind of just paging through poetry books and seeing if mm-hmm. anything lands. And I read the poem, and there was just a lot of like really beautiful ways that he was describing nature and and humans and sort of like the the cycle of life. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of like read the poem a couple times and took lines I wanted and didn't mm-hmm. use lines I didn't like and kind of made it rhyme. And that's sort of how that came to be. At least quickly. Mm-hmm. And what is the name of the poem again? Uh, Tithonus or Tithonus. I actually mm-hmm. have not looked up the pronunciation, okay. yeah. which I probably should. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I uh, was watching the video for Water Flowing Downward, and uh, it's a beautiful video and a great song. Thank you. Um, yeah, Thank you. It's good to hear. Yeah, and, and like Jim was saying, there's a, it's a different, little different feel, a little bit flowing, fuller feel. But certainly your other material is also very uh, smooth as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this new album. I- yeah. We like what we hear so far. <laughs> I think our <laughs> listeners will Thank too. And if, if our listeners go to your website, andreavoncampen.com. What is that noise? <laughs> There's a noise. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Helicopter landing on the roof. Yeah. So if um, it's getting louder. That's the neighbor's car. I don't know. If you know <laughs> it's got a sports car. I don't hear anything. Not okay. Yeah. Jim can Jim can edit this. He can edit out uh, anything he wants. <laughs> cool. He can misrepresent anything that you say. And you know, no, he, well, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. That's good. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, it's gone. He must have left. Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> listeners can go to your website, uh, andreavoncampen.com. And I noticed in your store you have different packages fans can buy for the new album. And mm-hmm. I noticed there's a very limited um, package, which I actually purchased, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which, thank which you. Is, <laughs> which is the, there's a test pressing of mm-hmm. only 30. Very cool. And a sign, I, I collect uh, color vinyl. Mm-hmm. So there's a bone okay. white very vinyl. Cool t-shirt and a notebook can you tell us about the test pressing is that the entire album or is that just selected songs it should be the entire album okay and then you have some upcoming tour dates i don't know if you Mm -hmm. want to tell us or i I have them here for our listeners Uh, you can tell us if you want (laughs) (laughs) we have (laughs) we have saturday august 14th at uh, slow down in omaha nebraska so you're starting in Nebraska, and then the, the next show is the 28th of August in uh, New Hampshire, and that's mm-hmm. a uh, arts festival. Have you been there before? Prescott, New Hampshire? Prescott Park Arts Festival. 
No, no, I've no. never been to New Hampshire. No, okay. And then you go on to New York, uh, August 31st at the Rockwood Music Hall. And then September 1st, Washington, D.C. At DC 9. Very so you're, cool. So you're doing a little bit of East Coast. Yeah. Maybe you'll come uh, to New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Don't know if we can get there or not down to D.C. That'd be the, well, New York, but yeah, Rockwood Music Hall in New York. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got uh, gotten to know you pretty well here, but uh, there's a something that Jim has created, a way to get to know you even better here towards the end. This is our last segment here before cool. we close out the interview. It's called This or That. And mm -hmm. so we're going to say this or that, and you're going to say which one appeals to you more, which one more you're into. Or she can say neither. Yeah, or you can say neither. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. You All right. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes here. All right. So, Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson? That's a really tough one, you guys. I <laughs> think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Johnny Cash. Johnny okay. Cash. Remember, there's no points in this game, no prizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only here to win. So, <laughs> <laughs> it is a win win. Pizza or steak? Pizza. Daisies or sunflowers? Mm, probably sunflowers. Mm -hmm. Sneakers or sandals? Um, oh, sneakers probably. Depends on the weather. Yeah, or barefoot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is a tough one. This is an East Coast question. New Jersey question. Okay, yeah. Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Okay, because the interview would be over. So yeah, we would we end it right there. Just kind of in a breath. In a breath. <laughs> Mountains or the beach? Mm, probably the beach. That would be for a variety from yeah where you're at. Uh, tennis or baseball? Tennis. Jazz or blues? Mm, probably. I don't know. Maybe jazz. Yeah, another hard yeah. one for you, right? There's a fine line. There's a fine yeah. line. <laughs> there is. Uh, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Fallon. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Seinfeld or Friends? Oh, neither. I them both. <laughs> no, <what>? Neither. Okay. <laughs> okay I can yeah. name about a hundred better shows than either of those. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Good. Finding out something about you. What's your favorite <laughs> TV show? Do you have a favorite TV show? I mean, I, I like so many shows. I think if okay. we're just going to talk about like, hilarious comedies, I would say Fleabag is one of the best comedies oh, I've seen I have, in a really long I haven't long seen time. that. I have to watch that. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Also, um, Shit's Ted Lasso, have you guys seen that? That one's really nah, funny. No. That's, that's say that so one again, funny. what that one is. Ted Lasso. Okay. Ted Lasso. I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. Have you yeah. seen Shit's Creek? Yes, I have. Okay. Very funny. Very yeah. good. Okay. All right. Jim's got a few more here. American Idol or The Voice? Neither. <laughs> okay, neither. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Where's the okay. bell? Dude? Okay. I just don't watch either of them at all. Yeah. So okay. I feel like I can't. <laughs> well, that's okay. It can be yeah. neither. No, yeah. no problem. Okay. <laughs> but we wanted to confirm that you had a TV, indeed, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Facebook or Instagram? Probably, uh... Instagram, definitely Instagram. Okay. Spotify or Apple Music? Mm, I use Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Dogs mm -hmm. or cats? I think we know the answer. Dogs yes. all okay. the way. Dog person. <laughs> okay. Walmart or Target? 
Probably Target. It's supposed to say Target or downtown, right? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Water or wine? Wine, for sure. Okay. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Guitar or piano? Oh, that's Guitar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a tough one. The Beatles okay. or the Rolling Stones? The Beatles. Okay. I didn't think that was a hard one. And the last one. <laughs> last one. Spiders or snakes? Spiders, all the way. Snakes are yeah. so much creepier. <laughs> so much creepier. Mm -hmm. Can you handle a spider? Would you handle a spider? Yeah. Spiders don't bug me at all. Like, I see a spider, and I'm like, oh, we should probably get a glass and put it outside. Oh, it's yeah. like, I see a snake, and I'm like, we're on the verge of death. Like, that is <laughs> what they <laughs> Oh, that's great. So is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners? Yeah, that's that on your mind covered? right now that, that you, you're thinking, Jim and Mike did not ask me about this. I wonder how my mm -hmm. day is going to go, because I'm going to be thinking about this all day. I, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, I, I feel like we talked about stuff I didn't even think we would. So okay, I, I feel right. good. About Kool-Aid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity for our listeners because Jim and I hit a lot of different genres and styles of music. Again, our first interview, uh, 15 interviews ago, was uh, jazz pianist Jay Rowe. So we've, we've do, we do a lot of variety. So uh, you're part of that. You're, you're singer, songwriter, your style. It's uh, nothing better than, uh, than your music in the morning. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, it's been great meeting you, Andrea. Yeah, thank you, meeting you so virtually. Much. And thanks for your music. Thanks for your time. Thank you, totally. Andrea. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Take care. All right. Care. Well, have a good afternoon, you guys. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hold on close. I'm not that far. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. Exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The songs Take Back Thy Gift, Tea Time, Julia, and Train Song were used with permission from Andrea, Jimmy Ryan, Concord, and Fantasy Recordings. <laughs>